Welcome to Ben. Blockchain Education Network. The largest and longest running network of students, alumni, and professors excited about blockchain across the world. A podcast for students by students, sharing their vision that anyone, regardless of wherever they are in the world, will be able to use blockchain as a vehicle to create wealth for themselves and their communities. This is Ben. The Blockchain Education Network. Hey, this is Matt, and you're listening to the Blockchain Education Network podcast. I'm joined today by a special guest, Alex Shaw of uh, Spirex. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep, right on. All right, cool. And actually, Alec, he's been affiliated with Ben for quite a while. So I wanted to kind of dive into that part of his background and then kind of talk about what he's doing at Spirex. So so Alec, how did you get involved with Ben and uh, what's your background and uh, experience with them? Yeah, well, it was kind of a, a fairly long process, but I'm really happy of, you know how it ended up. So when I had started the club at Marquette University, which I'd love to give a quick rundown about sure. later on, when we started that club, we had a very challenging time getting engagement during the bear market. Yeah. So, what year was this about? 2017-ish? This was 2018. 2018, right after the peak and the... 2017, we started at 2018. There wasn't so much engagement. Of course. Yeah, yeah, we reached out (laughs) to a bunch of other Midwestern universities. We started an alliance that we called the Midwest Blockchain Consortium. And then when we started doing some networking and and reaching out to other clubs, they said, you know, well, there's this established entity called Ben. And when we got plugged in with Eric, Antonio, and the leaders over at the Blockchain Education Network, it made a lot of sense to dissolve the Midwest Blockchain Consortium and kind of leverage the infrastructure that Ben had already established in order to provide a better experience and, you know, more value to the students that we were engaging with. Yeah, more, you know, there's more synergy when you guys come together versus trying to do everything separately. So, yeah, that's... I think it's the ethos of this whole industry, too. You know, like, we don't want to compete. We want to collaborate at all levels. And I think that just is, like very apparent in the open source, trustless nature of the tech also. So yeah. we were stoked to, to work with Ben and ultimately join Ben. Cool. And uh, what got you interested in crypto in the first place? I know you, from reading your bio, you were into finance at Marquette. Is that where you went to school? Yes, I went so, to yeah. school at Marquette in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. So what got you from finance into the crypto world? I needed a fake ID when I went to college. So they, they, only, accepted, they only accepted Bitcoin. So that was when I, I first touched Bitcoin. And then two years later, there was like some dust in my wallet at the time. It was 20 bucks and it turned into like 400. And I was like, holy shit, like, what is this? What is this asset? What is this tech? So I started a crypto trading club in Marquette. Oh, wow. For people that were interested in this tech, interested in trading. This was 2017. So everyone was stoked yeah. on trading. Of course. And then that turned into, after getting some grant money from the university, turned into more of like a blockchain research lab. And then at that point, I was getting this grant money to research it. And then I never looked back. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So so you're still doing stuff with Ben, but now you're at Spirex, right? But you're still kind of affiliated with Ben and you're kind of, can you explain what you're doing currently? Totally. So my role at Spirex is partner of business development. So I'm working on like bridging the gap between like traditional finance and these like institutions that aren't super educated on the topics and helping them get onboarded into the ecosystem and particularly into Sparex products. 
And that seems to really align with my role at Ben, which is kind of like corporate relations and partnerships. So as I'm talking with these organizations, even if something doesn't work out for SpareX, it's, it's almost helpful for me too, because I can like pull this other asset out of my pocket. Meanwhile, it's providing more value for the students involved. So I was yeah, like, it's a win-win. So I'm fairly happy with how it turned out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm stoked. So your crypto experience at Spirex, want to talk about what you're doing, touched on a little bit, your leading business development for Spirex, right? What is Spirex? You want to fill our listeners in on what you guys do, why it's important, and what differentiates Spirex from, say, other, I, I know you guys have a stable coin product or whatever, mm-hmm. but kind of go into that for us a little bit. Sure. So the stable coin product is a decentralized, interest-bearing stable coin. So there's two key components. One is that all of our collateral is all on chain. You don't have to trust any audits because it's audited 24 seven. It's all on chain. It'll always follow the rules. There's no cash and bank accounts that you have to worry about the assets and liabilities. Again, it's all on chain, all algorithmic, but we do have some collateral actually deployed into decentralized financial protocols, which earn a return. And instead of that return being paid out to a shareholder, like in a traditional bank model, we pass that return back onto the stablecoin holder. So it's decentralized and it earns interest. And then we also have a mobile app, which is a wallet to help interact with that protocol. And you can do things like win NFTs and raffles and other cool stuff. That's pretty cool. So I was noticing on the Spirex website that you actually, let me get this right. Sorry, you can cut this part out. You talked about, or on the website, it sort of talks about how the stablecoin provides a consistent return in a bull or a bear market. Can you talk yeah. about how that actually works? Because that sounds interesting to me. And also, there are situations in like a super bear market where that might actually be a concern, like where that what you've programmed into the uh, smart contracts or whatever might not function the way that you anticipate. Totally. Um, yeah. Anything else? Sorry, you, I didn't even catch up. No, no. How do you plan for that? And it sounds really interesting. It's an algorithmic stablecoin, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, can you talk about that? Yeah. So we have something that we've called the smoothing mechanism, which has a target interest rate that it is. What's well, it? It has an interest rate that it's targeting. In the beginning of this product's lifespan, it's going to be twelve percent, and it sounds quite high. Let me elaborate a little bit. So we call it the the smoothing mechanism due to the fact that in the event that the collateral that is deposited into the protocol is returning less than 12%, we will actually compensate users with our own DAO token, our own governance token, to hit that mark of 12%. And in the event that it's returning over 12%, which if you look at historical records in bull markets, these assets are returning like 60 to 80% prior to the principal appreciation, we'll keep all of that capital in the treasury in a specific area that is reserved to to the smoothing mechanism. So when it's returning less, it pulls from there. Interesting. And then it yeah. should ideally eventually never even rely on our governance token. That's the objective. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that's fantastic. And uh, what else is Spirix doing? Would you want to talk more about the institutional side and how you're getting traditional institutions to buy into crypto in a sense, if that's what you want to characterize it as. But yeah, I think something just worth noting right now is that there's this big challenge with user experience at both like the retail level and at the institution level. So as we talk with institutions, like 
some are crypto native and are willing to kind of like walk this regulatory line of like participating in these markets without knowing who the counterparties are because the counterparty is a smart contract. It's right. a pool of assets on a blockchain. Like you can't get know your customer from an anonymous smart contract. So some partners are coming on as market makers and they are just willing to take those risks and others uh, take a lot of more kind of compliance and aren't willing to engage yet. But either way, it, retire, it requires a ton of education and a ton of work on the user experience side of things. I mean, I've been in this industry now for five years and I still get extremely nervous sending like anything over 20 bucks on yeah. the Ethereum blockchain. And sometimes, you know, I can't even afford the 20 bucks because my gas is a hundred. So. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, a, that's another issue for another day. But um, would you say the interest is really there from institutions, but they're um, still uncertain about how to engage in crypto? Because, I mean, you can look at these returns that people are getting in crypto and you can't really replicate those in traditional financial markets. And I'm sure they're feeling like they're missing out a little bit. But how do you help them overcome those barriers to wanting to get into the space, but they're maybe concerned about the regulatory framework. Yeah, there's uh, so products like Aave, like in their DAO are doing like exceptional work on creating like a regulated compliant front end for large institutions. And these would be like the um, fund managers, the asset managers of the world that manage very large sums of capital from like many, many different types of people all around the world. They probably will only be able to engage with products like ours through a regulated front end offered by, say, Aave. But we have this whole other like type of institution, which is like private capital. It's like either family offices or like a, a, a group with very intimate LPs that know each other deeply, are familiar with the risk involved, and they're just willing to engage. So we're targeting those types of firms, typically more risk on. Yeah. And then there's something worth noting. It's kind of technical, but we use ETF arbitrage in order to maintain our stability peg. Hmm. And that is quite, quite familiar to many of these larger quantitative hedge funds. And then once you kind of approach the opportunity, like, hey, this is just ETF arbitrage on a blockchain, hmm. these lights start popping and every yeah. sparks are going. And then that's what really gets them excited. Well, that's really cool. How much time we got? We're at 10 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Keep going more five. Okay, cool. Actually, that's really fascinating to me, the ETF arbitrage on the blockchain. You want to expand upon that a little bit? I know that's getting really technical, but maybe some of our listeners are really interested in that or, you know, I mean, that fascinates me. So I'm really curious to learn about that. Yeah. Let me just kind of like give a high level thing. So like one might say, well, if no one is monitoring this system, it's algorithms on the blockchain. Like why the heck should this thing remain stable? Like why should it? this token that we're minting be worth $1? Because we don't have like a finite amount of dollars in a bank account. We just have a basket of cryptocurrencies. And the way it remains stable is this thing called ETF arbitrage. So ETF arbitrage means that in the event that our stable coin, which is supposed to be pegged to $1, is trading at a premium, there's a profitable opportunity for a, a trader to come in and arbitrage that back down to $1 and capture that 5% premium. So what they would do in this case is they would send $1 million of collateral, just a million for a big round number. They would send a million dollars worth of collateral to the protocol. 
the protocol would mint them $1 million worth of our stablecoin. They would instantly sell that $1 million worth of that stablecoin for the 5% premium. And the result is that trading firm or that individual trader just captured a 5% profit and the selling pressure drove our stablecoin back down to $1 and it works in the reverse way as well. So that's great. Yeah, that's kind of easy money if you can get it. So that's why arbitrage is just such a such a sought after tool. In, but that, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. So is there anything else about what you're doing now you want to share with our listeners before we have to wrap this up? Where do you see, where do you see the crypto space going in the next three to five years? I know that's a long time in crypto. I mean, you know, a month or two seems like a year in crypto. So absolutely. But um, yeah, where do you see things going? What are you excited about? I'm excited about a cross chain world, man. I think there's plenty of room in the markets for flourishing ecosystems on many, many layer one protocols, whether you want to call them a layer one or layer two, like, I don't want to get into that. There will just be flourishing economic activity on many different chains. And how I think of it and how the team thinks of it at Sparex is that, like, for example, if you're saving $10 under your mattress, you probably don't need to buy bulletproof glass and security guards in order to protect your $10. But say, hypothetically, you have a million dollars in cash, then you might be more willing to pay a little bit more money for higher security. And how that relates to a blockchain and how we're building out our product in light of that is that we're keeping all of our collateral on Arbitrum, which is secured by the Ethereum network. We believe it's the most decentralized and the most resistant to censorship from regulators, bad actors, governments, whatever it might be. So all of the collateral, which we view as like the bank vault, will be on Arbitrum and will be on Ethereum. But we're going to open bank branches all over the metaverse. So we're going to use bridges and we're going to incentivize liquidity of our stablecoin on other layer one blockchains. So what that would look like is a user mints the stablecoin on Arbitrum, they bridge it over to Avalanche, and they provide liquidity on that market in exchange for uh, liquidity mining rewards. So now our, our bank vault is on Arbitrum, but we have a nice branch over on Solana, we have a branch on Avalanche, we've got a branch on Celo, Scale, Secret, and each of those ecosystems can now harness the power of our interest-bearing stablecoin while still playing in the environment that they're the most familiar with. Yeah, that's great. Kind of placing, spreading it around, like kind of a good way to go, I think, in the crypto space versus putting all your, you know, your eggs in this chain or that chain, which may or may not be here for the long term. So, yeah, I, I they're just different uses. You know, I think they're different, different use cases. cases. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, a high throughput chain with lower security is valuable for social media <laughs> use cases, things like that. Gaming. Tons of different use cases. And then, you know, you don't need to pay $500 for a transaction if you're like selling an Axie Infinity in a game or an Axie in a game. But if you're managing a portfolio of other people's money in a transparent way, you need the security guarantees of Ethereum and likely the protocol and the participants are willing to pay for it. Of course. It's exciting stuff. Well, thanks for joining us. If you want to, if people want to stay in touch with what you're doing and what Birx is doing, what's the best way to find you guys? So we got a website, 
sparex.io, and then you can do backslash USDS to find out more about our open source protocol. And then our mobile app is called Sparex Play, and that is available on the App Store and the Google Play Store. I have a Twitter. Yep. Hit me up. It's Alec underscore, underscore Sparex. I just shitpost and talk about crypto all day. <laughs> Great. I love that. Shoot me a DM. I'll yeah. respond. So hit me up. All right. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks a lot. Yeah. This was another episode of Ben. Blockchain Education Network. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at BlockchainEDU. And visit our YouTube channel for more valuable blockchain content.